0: My guest today shares the one thing that he believes is accessible and available to every single person on the planet as a pathway to healing. Let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast for men who are ready to lead their most expansive and courageous lives. Thank you for joining us on this adventure where we'll be questioning old paradigms and architecting new ways to live, laugh, and love. I'm Gareth Pickery. And I'm Matt Dazi. We believe that your story could contain the key that unlocks someone else's healing. So we connect with humans from all walks of life as they share their journeys from chaos to courage. So if you're ready to experience the ease and flow that come from living an expansive and well-crafted life, you're in the right place. This is the Call to Courage podcast. This episode is sponsored by The King's Circle. In our hyper-connected world, many men report feeling more and more disconnected and out of touch with their authentic selves, pretending to be someone they're not, holding their truth instead of speaking it. The thing about not being authentically you is that it holds you back from achieving your full potential. The King's Circle is a live online gathering for men to speak their truth and reconnect with their authentic selves. Authenticity means completely accepting yourself so that you can speak your needs, hold your boundaries, and show up confidently in all situations. This path to self-acceptance isn't easy, but when you decide to walk it, the King's Circle will give you all the systems, self-inquiry, and support that you need to connect to your mission and lead your most courageous life. So if you're ready to show up as the authentic and integrated father, son, or brother that you know that you came here to be, make sure that you're part of the next King's Circle. These circles take place live every other Thursday and you can secure your seat by going to brothers.com forward slash circle. I will also put a link in the show notes. Hey and welcome to the Call to Courage podcast. I'm Gareth. Thank you for spending some time with us today. About five years ago, somebody shared a poem with me called You Are Who You've Been Looking For. And as I listened to this Powerful lo- poem about self love and learning to accept ourselves. I started following the creator Adam Roa immediately. And over the last few years, he has continued to inspire me with his podcast and with more of his, of his poetry and his creative work. And it felt like a real honor to have the opportunity to sit down with him today and to pick his brain about his creative process and to speak to him and get to know him a little bit better. So, Adam shares the creative process that he uses to create his art. He also shares how creativity and when we get reconnected to our creativity is a powerful tool that allows us to heal. And this is something that's accessible to everybody. And so this is Adam's calling at the moment. And one of the things that he's dancing with at the moment is how to take his creative life force and his gifts and to build a business around it that supports him and enables him to share his message more widely. Adam is an amazing being, and I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Adam Roa. Welcome to the Call to Coach podcast. Super jazzed to be hanging out today with Adam Roa. Welcome to the show, brother.
1: Hey, thank you for having me, Gareth
0: so good to have you here we've uh our worlds have sort of uh, not quite crossed until we got onto this call today but um yeah super excited to share some, some space with you get to know you a little bit better and um drop into yeah some of the gifts that you have and some of the the magic that you've been sharing with the world how do you describe adam rowe who are you <laughs>
1: uh that's that's a really great question um how do I describe Adam Roa? I mean, whenever I'm asked that question, I, I really feel like I, my answer is I'm human, you know? And I think that anybody listening to this can probably relate to that <laughs> and uh-huh. all of the, com- the complexities of what that even means to be human in today's day and age, right? Um, I uh-huh. am someone who believes very much that the best, most effective, efficient, and enjoyable way to be human is to have creativity as a part of your life and as a major through line to how you live, Uh, not just as something you do, but as a way of viewing the world and a way of viewing yourself. So um, I think that I would consider myself a devotee to creativity and also just personal evolution and growth. It's so good. I've
0: been um, watching your creation specifically around your poetry and your ability to create with words. And um, yeah, it's been really powerful to witness. And I think uh, before you, uh, what was the name of the poem that you shared that went viral? Um, The one about loving yourself? What's the name of
1: it? Yeah, that's called You Are Who You've Been Looking For.
0: You are who you've been looking for. Yeah, was that your first major like breakthrough that put you on the map, or, or like were you were you already sort of known for your for your poetry before that? Like, what is your your path with creativity been? I know you call yourself a coach, like a creative consultant and a poet. Has that always been your gig in the last few years?
1: Well, I I actually started um, as a personal development. Coach in 2013, so I started taking right. on one-on-one coaching clients back in 2013, um, and so in a lot of ways, I feel like that makes me a bit of a OG in the space um, <laughs> for for coaching <laughs> um, work, and uh, that has been a primary thing that I've done for ever since. Um, it's been the primary way that I've made an income and and revenue ever since. And that's led to masterminds and and courses and programs. However, um, I've also always been an artist and a creative. I I moved to LA to pursue an acting career that led to me, um, creating, uh, like directing, writing, producing, and eventually, I left Hollywood and um, really focused on the personal development path, but I never let go of my belief, which is that the highest leverage way we shift consciousness on this planet is through art. And so I believe that I'm here to help shift consciousness. And that to me is done most effectively through art. And in addition to that, on a personal level, an artistic creative path is what I have found for a lot of reasons, which we might get into later to be the most effective path of, of personal growth. And so as everyone's kind of evaluating what sort of, uh, plant medicines to do or yoga teacher trainings to take or breath work to get into whatever it might be, creativity I think is overlooked as a real means to elevate your life and, and bring about more happiness. And so, um, when I started taking what I was teaching from to my clients and putting them into artistic mediums, such as spoken word poetry, that was when suddenly it, it took off. My poem going viral, it's been viewed more than 250 million times at this point. Um, when that poem went viral, it built a much larger social media following, but I was already... By the time that went viral, I'd already toured internationally for my poetry on several occasions. And I'd I'd already been making a uh, personal development reality show called The Art of Choosing Love that I put out on my YouTube channel. All of these things were already being done as I'd committed my life to to putting out creative expressions that I thought could help people.
0: That's so beautiful. I think what what stands out for me amongst a couple of questions that come from that is the part of that that was like you were already doing the thing and then you know something that you had been working on and your craft that you had been evolving suddenly goes viral or perhaps not so suddenly. you had already been putting in the hours and doing the work. and so I think there's quite a lot of people that are hoping that they're gonna their first couple of posts go viral and they'll they'll build from there. but it really doesn't always work that way. you've got to put in the work first to hone your craft and get to a place where yeah, you have something that's good enough in order for it to be shared as much as that poem has has been shared what do you what why are we so disconnected from creativity as a healing modality
1: i think that people are raised to believe that creativity looks a certain way first and foremost so a lot of people when they think creative like a full-time creative they're thinking painting, um, they're thinking dancing, they're thinking music, they're thinking, um, poetry, but creativity is just the expression of creative energy into tangible, like art is the expression of creative energy into tangible form. And so, um, I think creativity and art, are synonymous in a lot of ways when you when you're expressing creatively into something tangible. That's that's art, but that can look like how you organize your closet. You know that can look like how you prepare a meal um, for your family. It doesn't have to look like what you you do as a painter, drawer, dancer, uh, singer. And so that's one reason because for the people, some people don't have that sort of skill set or a hobby. And then the second is, I think a lot of people are raised to believe that creativity is a hobby, that creativity is something that you do um, on the side. Once you've figured out the practical aspects of um, your, how you make money and what is going to be your career and, and all of these sorts of things. Um, it's kind of signed it kind of put into this box of a side pursuit. Um, and I think it's it's been that way because of a misunderstanding of creativity and the creative process. But the thing is, when you speak to artists, when you speak to people who have integrated creativity into their life in some way, shape, or form, you'll hear from all of them how much the creative expression has impacted our lives. The creative expression is for me, it's it's gotten me through depression. It's gotten me through breakups. It's the thing that has built a, a, a social media following. It's the thing that in, is, gives me excitement for, for what I'm doing in the world. Creativity has so much more to offer than just a hobby.
0: How do you access it? How does somebody who doesn't consider themselves to be creative – that's listening to this go, that's cool. How do I do it? Like, what is my entry point? Like, surely just making dinner or rearranging my closet is not the way, or is that the entry point?
1: Well, I think that one, to to be creative means also to follow your curiosity. So Mm -hmm. from a, a starting point, what are you curious about? You know, like, what do you, do is there a part of you that's always wondered if you could sing or has wanted to pick up the guitar or loves to dance when no one's watching? Like, what, what is that thing that you're naturally, uh, you have an inclination towards? Um, because again, I believe your creative energy is the purest expression of, of your soul. I think your creative energy, which is your life force energy, it's your sexual energy. It's all the same thing. It's the, it's the, energy of creation. So Mm -hmm. to me, tapping into your creative energy is less about trying to to force something. And it's more about listening to how your soul wants to express itself. And so that's when when people ask how, um, and I'm not wanting to downplay the difficulties of this at times because Again, difficulties of we,
0: accessing creativity, you mean?
1: Yeah. Th- yeah. For people who are not accustomed to it, I think that mm-hmm. it can feel like I don't even know how to get started. Um, it's the reason why I I have my online community, the create community, um, which is entirely about helping people access creativity. That's that's what it is. And there's no way to do it without. Ta- like expressing it you you have to express it that's that's the thing you can't just sit and be lost in creative energy um, and think that you're going to somehow develop that skill just like anything else you c- you can sit and imagine and hear music in your head but until you pick up the instrument, You're not really translating that into the fullest expression of of how that can impact you um, along the way. Same thing with your creativity. To sit and just be lost in creativity is actually just to be lost in your imagination. Every child knows how to do this. You don't have to teach a child how to get lost in their imagination. Um, We more have to just unlearn the part of us that may have shut off our imagination and then give ourselves the outlet for it. And so that's really what I work with clients on and things like that. You'd be so you'd be shocked how many multi, multi-millionaires are feel like they don't have creativity. And, and I say to them, you you built a $50 million business. You think that's not creative? Like you absolutely mm-hmm. have that creativity. It's just a matter of um, reframing it so that you can see it.
0: Yeah, I love the part of starting with curiosity because I feel like that's life's way of guiding us onto a path. You know, there is inherently something that we're excited about or curious about. And when we take the time to tune into that, yeah, including actually taking action is what I heard you say. Like, it's not one thing just to sit and meditate on what it would be like to play the guitar, but to actually pick it up and to see what it feels like to to move with that creative muse is the way to be able to feel if that is the creative outlet for you know for each individual person and what how does that link to healing how do you see I mean this is something that's been pretty new to me until I spoke to James McRae recently which was like I didn't actually recognize creativity as a path for healing because yeah the new age is all about like you said breath work yoga teacher training talk therapy as a way to to get clear on stuff what do you what is the link between our creative life force and healing
1: Well, once you adopt the idea that your creative energy is your life force energy, and from there you adopt the idea that your life force energy being given the permission to move through you on a regular basis is one of the most healing things you could possibly do, (laughs) that's that's the starting point because now i think especially probably people listening to your podcast and and my audience they're all into the idea of energy healing they're in some way shape or form sound healing it really what we're talking about is just all energy has vibration vibration has frequency so the frequency of uh of anything moving through your system can be healing or it can be, uh, detrimental, right? And so when we look at things like cymatics, C Y M A T I C S, which is the ability for sound waves and frequencies to affect the, um, structure of matter. That's when you've seen, um, sand on a vibrational plate and they put in different frequencies and it, it arranges itself into geometric shapes. And those geometric shapes become more complex at higher frequencies. Well, your creative energy is an energy. (laughs) It is an energy. Therefore, it has a frequency. What could possibly be more healing for you than to have your frequency, like your unique creative life force energy frequency moving through your system? And, and I think that uh, for those people who were told, you know, they're not creative for those people who were told that creativity is something you have to shut down and use as a hobby. What has happened is they're stagnating that flow of energy and what's available. So. I I start there because you sort of need to adopt those two beliefs of understanding in order to then become receptive to what it can bring up in in you. Because once you start flowing the energy and you recognize the importance of flowing that creative energy through your body, it's going to bring things to the surface and push things out the same way that people experience when they go to any other type of energetic healing.
0: How do you see people, human beings, culture that has got a like a suppressed, um, perhaps story around our our sexual energy or our our sexual life force, and its link to our ability to be able to access creativity?
1: The link of specifically around repressed sexuality.
0: Yeah, I I get a sense. I'm trying to see whether you believe that there's, you know, liberation from our sexual shame or um, uh, old stories that perhaps are linked to our sexual energy, whether that is somehow linked to unlocking creativity in your opinion.
1: Well, I think that there's a reason why artists are seen as so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think there's a reason why society idolizes and sexualizes our artists, our musicians and our actors and our yes, they're good looking people, but there's a ton of good looking people. I'm, I'm currently living in Miami. there's good looking people everywhere, but uh-huh. um, w- when there's an artist who is in their creative expression, there's something magnetic about that. And the mm-hmm. reason is because, again, our creative energy is uh, a, another expression of our cr- our life force energy is, is sexual energy. So really what's happening is we have life force energy that is moving through us, right? And we can choose to express that energy creatively and we can choose to express that energy sexually, which is – also creating. Sexual energy is the energy of of how we create more life. So um, it's just a different expression of the same energy. And so Mm -hmm. when you are cultivating your creative energy, you are also um, cultivating at least, let's put it this way, at least giving yourself a more of a reservoir that you could funnel into sexual energy if you chose to. And I think that, Mm -hmm. um, from a, a practical level, when we feel creatively expressed, we feel sexy. That that Mm -hmm. there's just something about when we're allowing ourselves to express creatively, we feel more magnetic because we're actually allowing more of ourself to move in alignment in that moment. And what is sexiness really outside of the aesthetic nature of it? Sexiness is... At, is an acceptance, a full embodiment of the entirety of who we are. When someone is, it walks into a room and is in full acceptance of this is me, I love me, I know the value I bring, I know who I am, that's sexy and that will have a magnetism to it.
0: And so the opposite could be true as well. You could cultivate a healthy sexual practice as a way to be able to flow the creative life force and creative muse through you in the same way.
1: Yeah, I think that um one for example you can charge yourself up sexually and then while in that charge uh, go ahead and allow yourself to now funnel that into something creative. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That that that's a um it's a it is a way of of approaching it, and I think that there's also a reason why sex is tied to uh, manifestation, sex magic, mm-hmm. and and the energy of using using our sexual energy to create the life that we want. It, it, <laughs> funneling sexual energy into creation has been done. Most people are doing it unconsciously but it is something that you can consciously utilize. And and, um, at times in life, I think collectively there been maybe a more conscious understanding of how to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. You spoke, uh, I think on social media about your time at sex camp. Um, How was that experience for you? And what did you learn from that?
1: (laughs) Um, It was great. Sex camp being (laughs) ISTA, the international school of temple arts and, um sort of a sexual healing tantra um conscious relating uh week-long retreat that i went mm-hmm. to and i definitely did a couple podcasts i have a podcast called the deep dive with adam roa that i did a couple episodes explaining a, my experience and, and in some detail cool. I'll check those um, out. Cool. <laughs> yeah and um and I did a masterclass that I think you're referring to what I learned at sex camp. And, um, cause, cause that's what our facilitator was jokingly calling it was we're all at sex camp to learn, to learn about this stuff. And I found that by the time I went there, I had been five months celibate and I had been also studying Tantra to various degrees on and off for maybe six or seven years. And so I thought I was pretty familiar with that world and I was really blown away by the value that I got from being in the practice of it to put myself Mm -hmm. in a space where I got to see in real time some of my fears and my insecurities and got to, for me, perhaps the biggest learning was how healing uh, my sexual energy could be. Uh, Because previously as someone who had been the victim of sexual abuse at a young age, I had associated sexual energy as being dangerous and mm. something that could cause a lot of pain and to flip that and experience my sexual energy being exchanged in ways that were very healing for the women i exchanged with um was was very powerful f- for me
0: mm. What was your uh, choice prior to going into that to to walk the path of celibacy? What was the intention that you set behind making that choice?
1: Well, I had been in relationships for quite some time. I was in a 10-year monogamous relationship. And then um, very quickly after that, got into another one year and then um, I thought I was going to be single finally after that one ended, but covid happened, and uh suddenly dating at the very beginning of it, there was no dating, <laughs> everyone had no idea what was going on and so uh and then I got into a relationship during um, twenty twenty um, and so I felt like I had basically been in relationship more or less for twelve years straight from the ages of 23 until I was basically 35. And after that third relationship ended and there was a breakup, I decided that I was going to give myself an entire year of not being in relationship to really force myself to um, view dating differently. Um, I guess up until that point, I had seen dating as the thing you do to find your next relationship <laughs> and i just i didn't want to just habitually find myself in these relationships and so by taking a year to take relationship off the table as an option but not completely take dating off the table it forced me actually to redefine what i thought dating was and it forced me to explore what it would look like to tell women that i'm interested in that i actually am unavailable for monogamous partnership and to force myself to explore what it could look like to be sexually engaged with someone knowing that i didn't want it to move any in like into romantic partnership and therefore changing the way that I'd always even explored sexually. So it was huge. And I, during that year, just was in a state of listening. And at a certain point, I knew I needed to be celibate. I I, I thought that 2021 was going to be the year that I finally got to be single and go and have wild orgies and, and, and be sort of a conscious fuck boy or something like have that experience that I never thought I had in my twenties. But what ended up happening is, is that year was so much more about me and what it meant to be alone and what it meant to be celibate. And, um, even though I, for example, only had sex with one woman for 10 years, I was having regular sex. For ten years, I never, I never actually went through any periods of real celibacy, Um, and so even just to explore that and to explore what it looked like to connect to my own energy, sexually, and it was funny because for a while it felt like I broke my sexual energy. I felt uninspired. I felt as if I didn't, I wasn't attracted to, to anyone. I I had no interest in dating. I I didn't care to sleep with anyone. And it the celibacy almost I thought I broke something. <laughs> and um and it was just sort of a reset. And and my it was like a reboot as if I hit restart on a computer and it just had to restart itself a little bit as I came into my own. And so um, I'm actually a huge proponent now of celibacy as a, a reset. I, I think probably 90 days is is my recommendation for anyone listening to this that f- that feels a call to it. What can happen in 90 days on an energetic level and and physically when you allow yourself to reset sexually like that is really huge. Mm, thank you
0: for sharing that. In um- In that dating reset where you were taking a look at uh, how you reframed dating, was that you saying you were allowing yourself to be honest with the people that you were connecting with to say, I want to be intimate with you, but I don't want to move into monogamous partnership? Is that what you were saying? Like just owning your desire to to instead of like, I'm connecting with you, maybe this is relationship. You're just saying, listen, I'm not going to be in a relationship, but I do want to be intimate
1: totally absolutely and that was that's a thing that so many guys are afraid to have that conversation i was afraid to have that conversation initially because i didn't want to be perceived there's sort of this vilification of the playboy the the vilification of the guy who only wants sex but there are plenty of there are plenty of women who also only want sex or there are plenty of women who are available for a a sexual dynamic and okay Knowing that it's it's not going to go there, I will say that I think it's far less than men okay. <laughs> in, yeah. in my experience. I, I think that women, what, part of it is biologically um, in terms of how there, there's a predisposition for for partnership in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I also think that the fact that the act of sex takes place inside of a woman's body and outside of a man's body also plays into that. I think there's some societal conditioning around um, slut shaming and, and the masculine feeling a need for sort of um, glorification of a guy who can get a lot of girls or whatever. There's a lot that can play into that. But I do Mm -hmm. think, I do think that um, for me, Initially, it was difficult because I felt as if I was going to be judged for having that. But I mm-hmm. had to come to an owner, a place of ownership around my own truth, which was, yeah, I actually want to have sex with women, and I am unavailable for partnership in a in, right. in a monogamous partnership. So, um, I'm going to have to figure out how to communicate that. And I think a lot of, and that was very helpful for me to have to learn how to communicate that because Mm -hmm. I did not, I think a lot of men that I found and I coach a lot of men. So I think a lot of them are scared that if they share that desire, that truth, that the woman is not going to want anything to do with them anymore. That it's going to closes the door. Yeah. It closes the door. And so I understand that. But then my question is always, so that means, though, that your if your truth fully expressed is not actually what that woman wants. And if that woman were to sleep with you, it would actually be because of a pretense in her mind that's different from your truth. And I fully believe that any actions that we take out of alignment with our truth are going to lead us off course from what is our highest potential outcome that we truly desire. And so there gets to be a point where as a man, I get to say, I'm going to express my truth and if, and that's going to give her, which is an act of love because it gives her the freedom of choice to decide if her truth is in alignment with mine. And if, if, and believe me, there were several conversations I had about this, um, and the, the women were like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. You know, If, if you're not available for more, I, I don't want to pursue this any further. And that sucked. Cause, but the other alternative is where we start leading women on. The other alternative is where feelings get really hurt and there's unmet expectations. And that's where we ultimately end up causing wounding and trauma that on the other end, as a man, I have to, I'm on the receiving end of the pr- those projections. And I'm on the end of needing to help heal those wounds that were caused by the men who were, uh, didn't have the courage to express their truth very openly and give that woman the freedom of choice.
0: It is such a rich topic, bro. And I'm so glad that you have articulated it so well because it's been this theme has been so strong for me in my life. Like my ability to get my needs met has always been driven by some strategy that's been solely focused on me. Also wrapped up in a story of not wanting to hurt the other person's feelings. So where I feel that I might be connecting with a woman who wants more than I'm able to show up for. In the past, there's a version of me that would just say, well, let's see how this goes, knowing that I'm not fully in for partnership in order to get my needs met. And in that moment, like you said, it's disconnected from my highest truth. They are already unmet expectations in that moment through what has not been said. And yeah, I've, over the last couple of years, been really focused on cultivating exactly what my desires are. And yeah, I had beautiful reflections back from the times that I've actually been with someone and actually stood in that difficult moment. It felt difficult to say, hey, I just want to be with you for the next few weeks because I'm in this city and it feels amazing to be connected with you but I'm getting on an airplane in three weeks' time and I don't see us being long-term partners. And sometimes that's closed the door for me. But there have been times when, like you said, that level of clarity is the most kind you can be to the person that you're connecting with. And yeah, there's nothing more sexy than radical honesty, I think.
1: Yeah, and ultimately it's if the reason you're hiding that truth from a woman is because you are afraid that she won't say yes to sleeping with you then what's really underneath that is your you are valuing your desire for sex above her well-being mm-hmm. and i think that the that should never be the, like tell me how far how that's any – I mean this is this going to sound pretty crazy, but it's not – it's on the spectrum of rape in my mind because from that definition of I am valuing my desire for sex above her well-being, there's a, mm-hmm. a huge spectrum to hiding the fact that you you don't want to be in a monogamous relationship to raping someone, but – when you remove that freedom of choice from from them you are on you are now on that spectrum and i feel like that spectrum is we have a choice as men we have a choice to to avoid being on there and giving these women an opportunity to have their voice be heard and by the way the, there still may be something in between that, right? Like there still be maybe a, hey, I'm down to play and I'm down to have intimacy, but I'm not willing to have penetrative sex because I reserve that for partnership. Great, you now have something that that you can decide now. Hey, is is that, do I want to do that? Am I open to that? And that is where. Our self control—that's where, where our willpower, that's where our integrity—all comes into play. And as a man, if you do not have control over your willpower, uh, you're—I um, think—you're missing what it means to really be a warrior, to be to be um, someone who ha- is in mastery of self.
0: Yeah. I agree. And I think there's also a level of nuance that comes from that, um, which may not necessarily be directly articulated. Like I've been in connections in the past where it's like, I'm not so sure what it is that this person wants. And I haven't clearly expressed where my own relationship requirements are or what my direct desires are. But we connect anyway. And there's, I think, a level of mastery that comes from recognizing the sacredness of every single connection that you get into and valuing it enough to be very clear about your desires and your boundaries up front in a way that gives the other person all the information to be able to make the the choice that really f- finds a match for whatever is a match for them in that particular moment. Eh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said.
0: I want to ask about your celibacy practice. So you spent, uh, did you say six months, five months being celibate? Five months. Mm-hmm. Five months. Well, a little bit and, more. I guess
1: a little bit more than five months, because but I went to ISTA five months celibate.
0: Cool. In that in that time, are you cultivating your sexual energy and running that energy by yourself through like a self pleasuring practice, or are you completely disconnected from your sexual energy during that time? Uh,
1: both. There was a time. There was a period of time where I felt really disconnected, and then as part of wanting to reconnect it i intentionally then started to have uh reconnection practices um the the primary of which was just i would breathe my sexual energy into each of my chakras every morning before getting out of bed so it was just those are some of the ways in which i personally have found to, to create discipline for myself is through things like you can't get out of bed until you do this, you know, like giving myself, you can't go to bed until you do this. Things like that are very helpful for me. And, um, so there was, it was, it was definitely more than 30 days, but there was, and I would say it took between 10 and 20 minutes, uh, to do. And I would just Mm -hmm. breathe my sexual energy and pull it up into each of my chakras, um, every single morning before getting out of bed. And that was a, a very intentional practice to connect again to my sexual energy.
0: Yeah. I think that's so good because I want to just like highlight that for anybody considering and uh, uh, like a, a process of going celibate is not to completely disconnect from your sexual energy completely, but to keep activating your sexual energy, but not sharing it outside of yourself. So like you were doing, you're cultivating that energy and keeping it with yourself, but you're not suppressing your sexual energy for the time that you're celibate.
1: Yeah, I think there's a, a very big different difference. And I think that if I were to overall describe celibacy, I think it, there could be, sometimes it could be valuable to to allow yourself to just have maybe a week or something where you just, okay, no, let, let the sexual energy dissipate. Let it just be for a while. Mm-hmm. But then I think the real power of celibacy is about developing a relationship to your sexual energy. Celibacy is not about disconnecting from your, your sexual energy. I, I, I think Thank that you. the real power in it is to, um, know it more deeply and to know it more deeply requires that not requires, but is easier when it is um not entangled and enmeshed with the sexual energy of someone else.
0: So good. So good, bro. What are some of your other practices that you that you stick by in the morning before you get out of bed? What are the some of the things you focus on in your evening practice?
1: Um, I don't have any before I get out of bed now at this stage. Uh, but my mornings are, um, about getting into the sun. So that's a, a really big one for me. I'm now taking my morning meditations, um, out into, now that I'm in Miami and it sun is generally shining, um, I'll be out at eight 30 in the morning, um, actually sitting in, in the morning sun and, uh, letting the sun hit my body, you know, shirtless in shorts, Mm -hmm. just letting the sun hit my body, um, early in the morning. I always do a bit of, of movement connecting to my body, whether that's stretching, um, or a little bit of dancing or something to just open up my body, awaken my body. Uh, for a while I was doing, um, breath work, uh, whether that was, 15 or 20 minutes of it, or just, you know, 50 breaths, whatever it was, but Mm -hmm. just to open myself up. And then I have a journaling practice that is a very big part of my life. And I've been working these days on creating more. I'm, I'm in a period of really expanding as an entrepreneur and, and within my own business, going from a solopreneur and as a coach who has clients and different things and occasionally launches things to actually um, building out the the business of it and creating the systems. And so that is going to be an expression of myself first and foremost. So I've been giving myself a little bit more structure and systems to um, creating to-do lists every morning, like really structuring out my to-do list and really looking at scheduling and utilizing a calendar more and looking and having, um, monthly visions and, and yearly visions and setting goals for a long time. I didn't actually set any goals. I, I knew what I wanted to do and I just did it. And so based on the seasons of my life, I adjust my routines to, to, uh, like uh, there was a previous season, for example, when I was connecting to my sexual energy again, that I went really deep into physical. And so I would spend an hour every morning doing um, self myofascial release. I don't know if you're familiar with that, where you're really like rolling, you take like a lacrosse ball and you're putting it into your muscles. And yeah. And so doing that for like an hour every morning and just allowing the stuck energy physically to be moved. So it just kind of depends on, on the season I'm in. So good
0: what uh let's get into the conversation around um, creative entrepreneurship because I think that's a theme that you're that you're cultivating in your life at the moment and I've heard you speak about it before what does that mean to you and what is uh, what does that look like as you install it into your life I've heard you speak about some of the resistance that you've had in owning the um, yeah, the desire to want to build a eight-figure business or whatever those goals are like. What is that resistance coming up for you and what is your path around what it is that you're wanting to create?
1: Yeah. So um, I became a millionaire at 33 uh, when I essentially got a – I had a client that paid me a million dollars for a one-on-one – a year of one-on-one coaching. And when that happened, I uh, – it really kind of blew the roof off of sort of the, the one-on-one coaching world for me. I went, Oh wow, this is now like, what am I supposed to do now? Do I, is it, do I only coach people for a million dollars? Is it supposed to be a million uh-huh. now? Like, like how do you grow? How do you keep growing at that, that stage? And I, um, and, and I took many years I think to get clear on a number of different parts of myself, first and foremost, mm-hmm. uh that that money, what it provided me was an opportunity to go really deep inwardly um in, in a lot of ways and and fuel things and fund things. And I poured into myself at a really deep level and ultimately through depression and healing my, my sexual wound and PTSD and all of this stuff that had that I, I went through, I started to ask the question, what do I think it really could help people? Like what could, could really help people? And I don't mean some people, I mean all people. Is there something I believe that could universally help everyone? Because like we said, there is – a million types of of yoga and breath work and plant medicines. And I don't believe any of them work for everyone. I've tried so many of them. There's some types of meditation I really don't like. There's some types of breath work that's not my favorite. And there, there are definitely plant medicines that aren't for everybody. So what is it that I think could work for everyone? And I came down to this fundamental belief, which is that I believe that people with some form of creative expression in their life will be happier. It doesn't mean that you'll be happy. It just means you'll be happier, whether that's 5% Mm -hmm. or that's 50%. If you have creative expression as a part of your life, you will be happier. And I believe that to be for everyone. I don't believe there's an exception. I think that I really do, for me personally, believe that to be a fundamental truth of us as human beings. And so... Mm -hmm having come to that through some really deep introspection and, and pausing everything. Like I paused my online community. I stopped taking one-on-one clients at the beginning of this year. I I took months and I just sat with what do I in, in an era where everyone with an Instagram is a life coach and in an era now where we have chat GPT and this AI, that's going to make it easier than ever for people to just create content and put it out and, it, there's there's going to be so much noise even more than we have now going mm-hmm. out into the space telling people i can help you be happier and let me help you heal and all of this stuff and so for me i really felt it was important to not fall into the trap of just charging more and more money to to work with me, you know, after the, the the million dollars, I just like, what am I supposed to do here? Um, mm-hmm. And really get to what is the simplest thing that I believe would work for everyone. And that once I got there, and the, the reason why I'm sharing it from this perspective is I think everyone should get there. I think, I think for all of you entrepreneurs, for everyone listening, get to what is the simplest thing that you think could help the, the people you really want to help. For me, Mm -hmm. it was, I want to know what's the thing that could help the most amount of people (laughs) and, and what is that? And from there now, what is the business around that? Because I think my ability to jump on this podcast, for example, is because I'm not working 80 hour weeks to pay my rent. Right. I, I have the ability to come on here and do this. I, I, I don't have to go and, and, you know, I'm not working at a restaurant or something where, where all my hours are taken. Um, mm-hmm. And I can do something like this. And um, all of right now in the month of April, I'm doing a poem a day that's kind I've of my own personal right. challenge to 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 reconnect to my creativity is every single day i've committed to writing a poem and sharing it on social media some of these poems take me more than 3 hours <laughs> they 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 are, it's a huge energetic commitment i'm not monetizing it there's nothing you know what i mean i didn't i didn't make a group and need people's emails or like this is just me for myself but also hoping it inspires other people i get to do that is there going to be roi on that absolutely Cause I've, I have a social media following and different things, but I don't know what that is yet. I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm not, I'm not, I just wanted to do this and wanted to put it out for myself and for others. And what allows me to do that is I have the money banked to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's important as, as the spiritual community, whatever we want to call it. Um, that we remove any stigma and any sort of negative connotations we have around making money. It's important... (laughs) for people who want to do good in the world to have more money because there's a lot of people who are doing really shitty things in the world who definitely want money. And where we put our attention, where our focus goes, energy flows. If you decide you want to make more money, you will find ways to make more money. And I want people with good intentions to have a desire for more money.
0: So you're going to be supporting people to connect to their creativity while supporting them to perhaps build an entrepreneurial team or, or offer around what it is that they're doing. Is that sort of how you see this unfolding or are you still in the exploration about what it is that you're going to create?
1: I'm, I'm creating, so I have an online community called the create community. Um, and I'm going to be relaunching that community in its totality, probably, uh, September 1st. Okay. And, that community is is going to be low cost it's going to be i don't know something around don't hold me to this but something around 30 bucks a month like a dollar a day okay. and that's just going to be a really amazing place for people to go and have some structure to create i'm going to give a monthly prompt I'm going to have some um, journaling questions and PDFs, and we're going to have community events and showcases with prizes to really celebrate people creating. And it's going to be this amazing community to be surrounded by people who are using creativity as a path for personal growth. And, I would make it free except I don't think people value things as much when they're free. And it is important Agreed. for people to actually put some form of energy in there um, so that they value it more and they feel like this is something I'm paying for so that they will participate. That's really what it is. And so that's going to be the, the first level of this. And then the second level of this is something that I'm launching um, – In June, uh, first and foremost, which is the Creative Cocoon. And the Create Cocoon is a chance for people who are wanting what you just said, people who are wanting to take their creativity to the next level, people who are wanting to understand how to create higher quality stuff, people who are wanting to understand how to translate. The their creativity to their audience more effectively. People who are wanting to understand how they could utilize their creative expressions as a way to generate leads, as a way to build social media, like all of that is going to be part Mm -hmm. of what I call the create cocoon, and that's going to be something. Uh, that I launch the uh, initial beta in June 1st, and and I think I'm only I'm going to limit that probably to 30 people. So I don't know when this actually airs. I didn't ask you that, but um, cool. f- for people who are wanting to be a part of that, uh, they're probably going to need to get a hold of me pretty quickly because uh, I, that, those 30 spots will go really fast.
0: Awesome. I'm going to make sure that this gets out in line with that so that we can support that launch because I think it's, it's really, really powerful what you're doing. And, uh, yeah, we need more people connected to their creative muse and being able to be received and get paid for it allows them to keep doing it. And so, yeah, bro, thank you for, for doing that work. So one last question. What is something that you see in your life at the moment where you're being called to step up? Like I call it a call to courage. What's the one thing that you're being called to now that's requiring you to? Push above and beyond and step into a growth edge that you've been called to.
1: Business. <laughs> everything that I was just sharing with you, everything that I was just sharing with you is the vision and to, to be a match to that vision, to be a match to a creative community that has more than 10,000 members, to, to be a match to someone who has an eight-figure reliable business ecosystem, not just someone who launches a program here and there, but has it all um, created and built out, there are things that I need to shift, including some of my money mindset. I've been noticing some of my own fears and insecurities and stuff come up around money. I've been um, finding uh, fears around failure. I've been finding the part of me that has... um, gotten lazy with my organizational skills. There's a part of me that can see how I'm going to have to become better as a leader. There, there's so much that's currently uh, requiring courage to step into because I, I haven't done it before. And therefore, there's a part of me in the back of my mind that wonders if I can. And every single day through the morning routines, through everything we've talked about, Every single day is a is me saying I can do this. I am choosing to do this. I am taking action to do this, and trusting that whatever the results might be, it is for my own evolution.
0: That little last monologue there is something I feel like we could spend another hour talking about because there's so many things in there: <laughs> the money story, the failure story, the yeah, what it what it requires us to be in order to step into this new version of ourselves. And, uh, I didn't even get to half of the questions that, um, I've seen you talk about specifically around manifestation, which I fucking love. And, um, yeah, and we only have a limited time today. So bro, I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing and the magic that you're sharing with the world. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to to drop in and share your magic with, with our audience. And, um, yeah, just in closing, where can people connect with you if they want to find out more about Adam Rowe?
1: Yeah, thank you, Gareth. It's been a pleasure to drop in with you and um, the... Places that people can find me, adamroa.com, A-D-A-M-R-O-A. I have a lot of online real estate and free places that people can connect with me, um, which are, I have two podcasts, The Deep Dive with Adam Roa. I also have Your Too Much with Adam and Taylor. I co-host with a friend, Taylor Simpson, and that that one's really taboo in a lot of ways. We go into a lot of sexual subjects and different things, and they're short 22-minute episodes. Um, and then I have things like a free weekly newsletter that goes out every week, uh, covering consciousness, creativity, and community. I have a free text message community where I send out journaling prompts and little bits of insights and wisdom that I'm learning throughout the week. Um, there's a lot of that. So if you go to my Instagram, Adam.roa, you can actually see my link tree, the link in the bio, and you can find all of that stuff there.
0: So good, brother. I'm looking forward to connecting with you in person at some point in the future. And uh, thank you again for your time and your generosity. I really appreciate it, man.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you, everybody, for listening.
0: Ciao. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did producing it for you. If you want to find out more information about today's guests, as well as access any of the resources that we spoke about in the show, make sure you check out the show notes. I'll also include a link to the Fathers, Sons, Brothers homepage where you can connect more deeply with the tribe as well as secure your seat in our free weekly men's circle called the King Circle. If you want to support the show, please feel free to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as share this episode either directly with someone that you feel could benefit from listening to the episode or any of the episodes that we've created as well as sharing this episode onto your social platforms so that more people can connect with the conversations that we're having. Thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Ciao.